G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. The story. I was looking at the clock sort of thing and it was blurry and I'm going, oh, it's getting close to school pickup time. I've got to try and organise something for the kids. So I rung my friend and said, can you get the kids from school? I'm not feeling really well. You know, realistically, I just thought I must have had a bug or something. I wasn't thinking that. I was having a stroke. It wasn't the normal symptoms. I had just a pain in my neck and it started off as a big headache and then just feeling violently ill. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Today, we have two stories for you from two ladies whose faith has impacted their lives in two very different ways. We'll begin with Nicole Newsom, who in 2009 was going through a normal day when she felt a horrible pain in her neck and felt a bit dizzy. She would later learn that she was experiencing the beginning of a life-threatening stroke. Nicole is sharing her story with Shelley Scowen. You had a stroke about six years ago. Take us through that day. How did you feel and how did you know that there was something going wrong? Well, um, 7th of October 2009, I was up quite early going to a boot camp, treating the day as a normal day. And about halfway through the boot camp, I got this horrible pain in my neck and felt a bit dizzy and everything. They got me to sit down and I said, oh, I'm not feeling too good. So they said, oh, are you right to get home? I said, yeah, I'll drive home. Drove home, you know, sorted out the morning with the kids and everything. And um, I rung my husband and I said, oh, you know, my neck's pretty sore. And he said, oh, maybe go see the doctor, see if there's anything wrong. Went to the doctor and they said, oh, I'm not sure what's wrong. Maybe you need to go see the physio. It might be a pinched nerve. So I went to the physios, saw the physios came back from the physios and in this time I had my 14 month old in the car with me I was driving to and from with her in the car and I got home and I felt really really sick and dizzy and I just was violently ill um one of the mums from the school came I managed to get a hold of her and say can you pick my son up from school she delivered him home and um I think also one of my other children as well so she delivered them home and Got her, she got there and she said, Nick, I can't get in. And by that stage, I was really sick, lying on the floor with the baby beside me. And she said, how can I get in? And I just not long before I got really sick being out the side door. So she came in the side door. She called my husband in quite a panic, which he proceeded to call the ambulance. The ambulance got there just before my husband did and um, took me to hospital. It was... About 24 hours later, they actually worked out I'd had a stroke and I was in hospital for three months with rehabilitation. In that time, I fell into a coma in the early stages and was told I was not going to survive because it was not the type of ordinary stroke that people have. So it was all new ground for the doctors to work with and that. So it was very... I'm unaware of a couple of weeks of my life there But it was very scary for my family and scary for me when I did come to and realise what had happened and where I was at. 
It's one of my, I guess, fears as a stay-at-home mum is something happening to me when I'm home alone with the kids. Uh, For you, like you were saying, you had your 14-month-old there feeling horrible and not knowing what was going on. What was going through your mind at that time? It was a real haze and I... All the time, as a stay-at-home mum, you do think of your kids. So the first priority was I was looking at the clock sort of thing and it was blurry and I'm going, oh, it's getting close to school pick-up time. I've got to try and organise something for the kids. So I rung my friend and said, can you get the kids from school? I'm not feeling really well. Um, One was at childcare and I hadn't even thought of that, thinking, well, we've got plenty of time for that. And, you know, realistically, I just thought I must have had a bug or something. I wasn't thinking that I was having a stroke it wasn't the normal symptoms I had just a pain in my neck and it started off as a big headache and then just feeling violently ill so well praise the lord for friends that are available to come and help when they don't realize just how much of a help they are actually going to be as well obviously very scary as you said for, for your friend having to see all of that and be part of the drama so you're in hospital for what did you say three months um, that would have been a pretty interesting time for the rest of your family. Hubby with, what, four kids at the time, um, with you pretty touch and go for a while there. What was that like for him? I feel that it was very hard for him. Um, he actually had great support in his parents, which was great. They came and moved into the house for three months or a bit longer because I wasn't able to drive for another three months after that. So they sort of came and lived with us for nearly six months and our house isn't that big so it was pretty cramped (laughs) um but um with their support I think he got through things rather well um but yes it was very hard time for him to go through and yeah going through the ideas that he may end up as a single dad with all these four kids so yeah because that's the prognosis he was given in the early days that I wasn't going to make it at all so to come out the end and living is amazing god has been very good what's the rehabilitation been like i know with some people having strokes they lose um like they get paralyzed down one side of their body and stuff how did it affect you in those early months in the early stages i did have to learn to walk again and everything so that was very frustrating um i guess for me Uh, it was good that my adrenaline kicked in at about 1am in the morning and I'd get up and with my walker I would do laps at the hospital and I'd have the nurses telling me off to say go back to bed but that's when my adrenaline kicked in so I'd just pace the hospital floors and I I see it as God working at that time because that's what got me up and moving and I was actually able to come back to normal and most people don't do that so in the I was in the PA hospital for the last stint of my stay which is a brain injuries rehabilitation unit in there and there'd been a lady that had had a stroke and she'd been in there for two years and she's just going you haven't had a stroke she had no movement on her left side or very little movement and she was also having trouble with her speech so it was very different looking at the both of us and mine was a more near-death scenario than hers was so it was very hard to explain that I'd actually had a very severe stroke but I was looking fine. 
And I think we can put that down to the power of God. You're a member of my church, and I remember at the time there was a lot of prayer for you and for your family. I know for myself, I didn't really know you at the time. I just saw you in the newsletter, and and they were always, you know, giving updates on your health. And I was just there, going, "Man, this poor lady, and you know, this poor family. They've got the four young kids, and you were there, you know, battling for your life uh, and rehab." It's pretty amazing having God on your side when you're battling something like that, hey? It's truly wonderful and I'm very fortunate. I come from a Christian family and my father was a um, mission... uh, My father, his parents were missionaries in New Guinea. So I actually had people all over the world praying for me because it just went out to everyone to say, please pray for her because this is what she's going through right now. So the power of prayer has certainly worked in this case. I think God has been really wonderful. And the peace that God brings as well, knowing God and and putting your faith and trust in Him. It's easy to say, but when when it really comes to the crunch, you know, when it is life and death, putting your faith and trust in God is difficult, but He gives an incredible peace uh, throughout the whole situation. Did you experience some of that peace and comfort? I did, yes. There were times where I felt very alone in the rehab um, because I was still in a confused state. My mind was, I guess, rambled as such. And at some stages I was thinking that my family weren't coming to visit me and things like that. So I was feeling all alone, but I could always rely on that God was there with me. And that was my one piece that I had, that God was with me. And he is with us whatever road we're asked to walk. You've also had two other little blessings come along since that time. Tell us about the blessing of your two little kids. Um, a, few, a couple of months after I got out of hospital, I found out I was pregnant with our fifth child, which was quite a surprise. Um, I was told I wasn't probably going to have any more children, so to have that, that was a real surprise. Um, we weren't expecting, and I think it sort of gave us a bit of a shock as to, you know, how are we going to cope with this and because I guess I was still getting on my feet and everything and we didn't know if I would get my licence back at that stage because I'd been told for six months that I wasn't allowed to drive and then I had to do a licence test again to see if I could drive. So, you know, the pressures of having five children and having to have someone drive them around to school and stuff, it was pretty full on. But, um, yeah, God had been good and I had a scan of my vertebral artery where the stroke had taken place uh, when I was about 10 weeks pregnant because that's all they could do at that stage and they had said everything is looking good in the arteries so they didn't see a problem with me having a baby and obviously when you are pregnant hormones kick in and they think the hormones kicking in is what made me basically 100% to what I was so it's just amazing that Pregnancies can work in such a good way, I guess, that even though I was feeling really horrible during the pregnancy with the obvious morning sickness and stuff, but, yeah, to think that really realistically, well, number five brought me out of it all <laughs> and then we had another little surprise afterwards. <laughs> so, yes, I guess it's all just helped and, yes, that keeps me very busy. Which to me is amazing to think about because producing a baby is a pretty amazing experience for a body to go through. Like it's a lot of work um, for for a mum, as you know. Um, but yeah, it, I would I would think that it would work the other way. That you know the amount of work and pressure that it's put on on your body when you have a baby. But it's it's so cool that it actually has contributed to being you know back 
100%. So, yes, you had two more since your stroke and now you think you've got enough? I think half a dozen is plenty. <laughs> I think we've got a full house. So, And as people say, we've been very blessed. <laughs> I just think it's a wonderful thing. Children are a blessing from the Lord, and I think it's wonderful. You've been blessed six times over. I think it's a wonderful blessing that God has given you, and I'm sure you wouldn't give any of them back for anything. You know, it's it's wonderful to have all six of them. Thanks so much, Nicole, for having a chat with us this morning. Thank you so much, Shelley. Great to talk. That was Nicole Newsom sharing her story with Shelley Scowen and how the Lord healed her after the unusual experience of going through a stroke at a young age. Next, Shelley will have a chat with another lady whose faith has led her to start a somewhat unusual business for women. We'll find out what that's all about when we return. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. We're back with Shelley Scowan having a chat with her second guest today, Linda Jobson, whose faith has led her to start a somewhat unusual business for women. And I think it's best if we let Shelley and her guest describe just what it is. I thought this was just a unique story because I had never heard of someone who does what you do. This is for good reason, because you're the only woman in Australia that's doing it. Can you describe exactly what your business is? Yes, Shelley. It's a business that I started 19 years or over 19 years ago, and we custom make bras for women who have all sorts of challenges with getting bras to do what they need a bra to do for them. Right. Yes, because we all come in many different shapes and sizes and it's not always the convenient shapes and sizes that the shops sell. No, that's exactly right. The manufacturers are just making average sizes and very few, well, some women don't fit into those average sizes. Yes. So you're really serving a bunch of ladies who couldn't do without you. Well, yes. Some of my clients um, would really struggle if I wasn't doing it, particularly when they are allergic to materials, to synthetic materials and elastics. Wow. So that makes it you know, very difficult for them to access what they need if I wasn't around doing what I do. Wow. So you feel that real sense of responsibility to serve these women? I really do. Um, Yes, I do. Mm. I do love how for you it really is more of a, I mean, it's obviously a business and you do need to feed yourself and all the rest. But for you, it really is a way of just serving these people as well. It is. I just believe God's led me in this direction. I didn't know that at the time when I started it, but certainly now I realise that, you know, God's hand was on that Mm. um, because, you know, we know that if we are doing something we are passionate about, then that's where we're supposed to be. Yeah. That's where God wants us to be. Yeah. And being where God wants us is the best place to be, I reckon. I totally agree, yes. 
Linda, I love the heart that you have behind your business. And you were saying before that you can really see um, how God just kind of put this business in front of you right uh, back 19 years ago. And that was before you were even saved. Uh, Can you tell us a bit about your journey with God? Yes, Shelley, I can. I was brought up in church, in mainstream church. I went to Sunday school. I was confirmed. I taught Sunday. I was a Sunday school teacher. I was a youth leader. Um, I went to a Billy Graham crusade in the late 1960s. I think I was 14 or 15 and just felt Holy Spirit speak to me at the altar call and went down and uh, gave my life to the Lord. Because I came from a small country town, there was really no follow-up. And being a mainstream church, they sort of didn't go down that track and it was it just got lost. Um, in my late teens, I met my first husband and I stopped going to church. We married, um, had a daughter, and then we split up in 19, early 1991. Um, I then went back to mainstream church with a girlfriend, and that was fine for quite a few years until I just realized something was missing. I couldn't put my finger on it, but there was just something missing in my life. I met my second husband at Tuck Shop, where our children went to school, and um, went off to Charismatic Pentecostal Church with him and, and different meetings and realized that what was missing was relationship with God. Yes, I knew about God, I knew about Jesus, I knew about the Bible, but I didn't have that relationship and that's what was missing and I rededicated my life to the Lord and married my second husband and during that time, well I'd I'd already started my business before we got married and then continued the business on because I was working from home looking after the children I had stepchildren then and um, and yeah and just continued on doing my work and having a better relationship with God and, and learning with my husband at mm-hmm. the time that's wonderful I guess it was a bit of a light bulb moment for you then when you realized what was actually missing from your walk with God Yes, it really was, because the pastor from the mainstream church sort of really couldn't answer my question, and it really wasn't until I, and I really wasn't that open, I suppose, when I started going to the church. Some things I had a bit of a problem with, and I just sort of would back off, but the Holy Spirit worked on me, and you know, and and I just rededicated my life to the Lord, knew that that what I needed in my life mm. and, um, and and away it all went and I can just see God's hand in it. What difference did it make in your life then? Oh, peace. Mm. Just, you know, just that knowing and just having that inner peace, I think. Knowing that all the years, I just knew from a very early age that, you know, the right things to do and when adults around me, even my own father did the wrong thing. It was it just sort of irked me. It was like, it's wrong. <laughs> even at school, 
children, kids, my friends that did the wrong thing, it was like, but it's wrong. Hmm. And, you know, and I can just see, you know, I can just see God's hand in those, that area yeah. going through my life. And that's, you know, I didn't know it at the time, but that's what it was. Mm. Yeah. I guess to uh, kind of second time round when you did recommit your life to Christ, you then probably understood the importance of discipleship. Yes. Making sure you're learning more about God and, and um, I guess accountability is, is an important thing too, but just staying um, committed to a church or to a, a Christian gathering to help keep growing in your faith. That's right. You know, and I realize that, you know, it's you just don't go to church and that's it. There's growth all the time. The church that I attend, we have a school of ministry weekend once a month and we have a whole series of meetings we have international speakers so that we're learning and growing all the time mm. not not just at Sundays when we go and hear our our pastors speaking but all the time learning and growing in our in our faith with God it's very much a change of life isn't it yes it is and I know some of my friends fell by the wayside um, some people who don't share the same faith I'm still friends with but I choose not to spend a lot of time with them Mm. but they're still my friends because you know we need to just you know we need to share our faith with them they need to see what God's doing in our lives because that's our testimony and you know and you'll hope that one day they'll commit their life to the Lord as well yeah yeah, we absolutely need to live, love those people around us. But I think you're wise in choosing which people you um, allow to speak into your life. Mm. Yes, yeah. it's very important who you spend time with, or you know, the majority of you know your time with. Yeah, and and who you allow to influence you in. Yes. Absolutely. You've learned a thing or two over your years, haven't you, Linda? Oh, just one or two. (laughs) (laughs) You've got lots of wisdom to share. Well, it's been interesting hearing your story about uh, God calling you without you really knowing even at the time, but you can see the hand of God uh, providing this business for you. And now you've been able to be such a blessing to so many women all around Australia. It isn't just in Brisbane where you're based, but uh, you also serve women around Australia. Yes, I travel regularly to Melbourne. Uh, I used to to Sydney, but there is another lass there doing it on a part-time basis. Not as much as what I do, but she can sort of help the ladies in Sydney. I travel to Cairns and I am looking at um, Adelaide and Perth because I do have clients in those cities, but Mm. you know they can send a bra to me that I can copy or we can just do it by post. So I do have, you know, inter- interstate clients that I haven't seen, yeah. uh, but it is best if I have got a body to fit. Yes, I'm sure. Yes. You're a very clever lady. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> well, that's, that's, the whole, that's the whole thing. And that's what people say to me. And I go, but God has given me this gift and ability and talent to do what I can do. Yes, I've sewn since I was nine years old. Yes, I can teach sewing. So can my sister who has written a sewing book I haven't written a sewing book but and she can sew bras but you know God has given me whatever it is that I need to fit and to know when a lady puts a bra on what I'm looking at that I need to change and alter to make that bra fit her body the way it needs to Mm. 
That's wonderful. It's a great service that you're providing. And uh, as you say, it's a skill that God has given you. And I think it's great that you're giving the glory to him. Oh, I should let people know too uh, that your website is lindaslingerie.com.au. That's lindaslingerie.com.au. And you can get in touch with Linda there. Thanks so much for spending some time with us today, Linda. Thank you so much, Shelley. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you and to let the listeners know about a service that they have probably not ever considered. Must say, I've never considered it myself, so it's been a bit of an eye-opener. Thanks so much. Thank you, Shelley. That was Shelley Scowen having a chat with Linda Jobson and finding out her story and the story behind her somewhat unusual business for women. It is yet another example of how God gives us all different gifts and in this case, a unique way of serving people. If you'd like to contact Linda, you can reach her through her website, Shelley mentioned, lindaslingerie.com.au. Before Linda, we heard Nicole Newsom share about how the Lord healed her after the unusual experience of going through a stroke at a young age. Well, thanks for joining us for these two somewhat different stories. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. Yeah, I just remember uh, there was one time when I was you know, pretty heavy into this lifestyle of uh, drugs and alcohol. And um, I came home from a big um, party bender. And uh, Dad brought up the courage to sit me down and have a chat. And he said, oh... You know, I know what's going on and, you know, I just want to let you know that there's a better way and that you don't have to live this lifestyle anymore. So you let me know when you need some help. First, we heard Helen Marsh share her story, which she's written about in her book Up Out of Egypt. Then her son, Jeff Marsh, shared about how he became the founder of a ministry to broken people. And next, we'll hear from the third generation of Marshes as Jeff's son, Daniel, shares his story about his battle with drugs. That's coming up next time. The story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.